Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. <clears throat> and, alright, so I gotta tell you guys this. Last year I went to see Avengers Infinity War with a friend of mine, former friend of mine. And, you know, I've never really been into um, comic book movies, but, I, you know, I I do like... Just sitting back and not thinking. So that's kind of how I approached this. I was like, alright. You know, no matter what. It's going to be. Just. A couple hours. You know, and she really wanted to see it. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, alright, cool. And she worked at AMC, so we didn't have to pay for movie tickets, which was so nice. <laughs> um, but anyway, so when I left there, I left the theater, and I was like, oh, that was brilliant. Uh, and it was, and I stand by that. And Will and I went to go see Captain Marvel a couple of weeks ago. And again, it was a brilliant movie. I, I definitely don't see it being Oscar-worthy, but the story is, is solid, and, you know, and it's kind of cool to um, see all these interconnecting pieces come together in a big showdown. Um, you know, and I think that people always trash soaps and say they're passe, they're this, they're that, they're whatever. But I don't think people actually realize how much soaps actually influence pop culture. You can sit here and fight me and debate me all you want, but those Marvel movies are nothing more than overly expensive soap operas. And they all lead to a climax. And then spin off new stories. And that's what's happening with um, the Avengers, Infinity War, and the upcoming Endgame. This is the end of one era. And now we're moving into a new, new era for Marvel. And notice, they introduced the new characters early. Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel... They, they introduce these because as the, the old guard, Captain America, Iron Man, and um, <clears throat> others are ex- widely expected to leave. Just like the soap operas do. You, you see the comparison here. So, Endgame went on sale and it crashed Fandango, it crashed Adam. It crashed all these other movie ticketing sites. So this movie's going to open huge. If it opens under $200 million domestic, I will be surprised. Um, And a large part of that will be because Tom Holland is 
bringing back Spider-Man, allegedly. We know he filmed scenes because he had a script and, you know, they started talking about how he is notorious for revealing secrets when he was out promoting Endgame, or I'm sorry, when he was out promoting Infinity War, um, they had him with Benedict Cumberbatch who plays Doctor Strange, and he went to reveal a secret. And then, um, so what they started doing is they, they only give him, like, his lines and, like, very, very vague directions. And they won't even tell him who he's fighting against. (laughs) I just think it's the... It's the funniest thing in the world. Um, you know, the kid, he's, he's doing his best. He really is. Um, but he, he knows his audience. And he, his audience wants spoilers. And I think, like, we could do a whole analysis. And I, I might actually do this. I might do a whole analysis on how soap operas and... And the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are the same thing. Um, I am sure I'm going to get yelled at for that, but it's true. It's funny because it's true. Um, And, you know, Tom Holland is that soap star who he wants people to like him so badly. Um... And so he will tell you the secrets of the movie. Um, and it's really funny. I'm sure it's a little bit frustrating for the cast and the crew. But it's it's really earning him fans all over. And I'm gonna... I think I've earned a break. So I'm gonna go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, one of the biggest controversies that rocked um, 2018 was Michelle Williams was not paid the same as Mark Wahlberg for reshoots on All the Money in the World. Um, just to, because I think we're going to need to refresh your course. Um, as Me Too started to rise up, um, Kevin Spacey, Mark Wahlberg, and Michelle Williams were supposed to have been out promoting their, their movie All the Money in the World. Um, it was a biopic of J. Paul Getty, whose grandson was kidnapped. Um, and the, the senior Getty didn't want to pay the ransom. <clears throat> Michelle Williams played the the grandson's mother and Mark Wahlberg, I think was an FBI agent or something. But this was supposed to be the awards contender to beat. Um sort of like Birth of a Nation. I think that's what it was called. Um anyways, and then something happened. Anthony Rapp 
accused Kevin Spacey of sexual assault. And... Um... So... And it wasn't just Anthony Rapp, but Anthony Rapp definitely opened the floodgates. Um, and then Kevin Spacey let out some weird statement that he was choosing to live his life as a gay man. <laughs> we don't talk about that. So, essentially, Kevin Spacey became toxic. And there was no way that they could release the film as it was. So the choice was to hold off and push it back a year and um, have another push for Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg. Or reshoot the film um, with a new person in the, in the role that Kevin Spacey had filled. Uh, and the director, Ridley Scott, decided to go with that one. And everyone was supposed to do this on a shoe, um, a shoestring budget. Michelle Williams was paid one thousand dollars to do these reshoots. Mark Wahlberg was paid one point five million, and this led to a huge, a huge um, debate about pay equality. Um, there were some who said, you know, hey. Mark Wahlberg's agent got him a better deal. Well, the twist to this was... Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams share an agent. So, understandably, everyone was frustrated. Um, Mark Wahlberg ended up donating his salary. I think it was the Time's Up. And... Um, that kind of reignited this whole debate on whether or not women deserve to be paid the same as men. Um, especially when it's equal work. And in this case, it was actually Michelle Williams doing the bulk of the work. Um... So, the movie came out, and Christopher Plummer, who took over for Kevin Spacey, ended up with a a nomination. I don't think Michelle Williams or... Or Michelle Williams may have got one, but um, I Mark Wahlberg did not. Um, but so, everyone was up in arms. Everyone was upset. But now, Michelle Williams says that thanks to Me Too, thanks to Time's Up... Men actually shake her hand instead of, you know, squeezing her, you know, being touchy with her. Um, here's, here's what she said. Um, she said this um, sitting next to Nancy Pelosi. Rather than being grasped too tightly or hugged for too long at the morning meeting, my hand was shaken. And I was looked squarely in the eye as I was welcome to my Monday morning. I realized that this is actually what it feels like to be on the inside to be one of the boys. And on the job I completed two weeks ago, let me tell you something. 
I was paid equally as my male co-stars. Now, Michelle Williams is no fool. She has been in the industry. Um, she exploded onto the scene as Jin on Dawson's Creek, which, love. Um, and she has worked steadily. She's had three or four Oscar nominations. Um, you, her movies don't always open to number one, and they don't always make a hundred plus million. But she's a very bankable movie star. Um, when she guest stars on a TV show, the ratings usually go up, and there's usually award attention. So for those who think that oh she's an actress she should just get over it no. When you're working just as hard as as your coworker, whether you're an actor, a writer, um, you're a lawyer, or you're working side by side in the EMT truck, or making hamburgers for people, everyone deserves the same pay <clears throat> for the same job. You know, I'm not saying pay. Someone at McDonald's, $50 million. But then again, I don't think a movie actor should be making $50 million either. But that's a whole different segment. And for now, I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, normally, we have, like, one special segment where it's, like, drunk writing or a blind item or drunk politics or whatever. Whatever tickles my fancy. Today we're going to double up. We have a two special items. Um, plus, um, plus we're going to talk about The View um, for our last segment. So, this blind item comes from our friends over at Blind Gossip. For all the best blind items, head on over to blindgossip.com. And it's called... Monster Ghost Singer. It says, This singer definitely does not want you to know what really happened in her last relationship. After all, she is a rich and famous star with millions of adoring fans. It would be embarrassing if fans knew the truth. So a story was born that is the exact opposite of what happened. Her team... Is saying that he wanted to be with her all the time, that he was always texting and calling her, and it was just too much for her. Ha! Opposite. The truth is, he was seeing other women and practically ghosted her. How dare that monster ghost our beloved singer. Well, as long as her ego is saved and with the phony story, that's the important thing, right? So clearly this is supposed to be Lady Gaga. The monster reference, um... A story is born. Um, here's the thing, though. It seems like they're going back on their own item where they said that this was never a real relationship to begin with. Um, I, I guess the argument could be made that him seeing other women um, was because this was a fake relationship, and whatever, whatever. Um, but here's my thing. Now they're, now they're writing it, trying to make it seem like it was a real relationship, and 
but Gaga is not desirable, and you know this dude, um, her her agent X just decided, oh, I'm gonna go put my penis in other women. If you're going to start out saying that <clears throat> a relationship was fake, that's fine, but keep that narrative. Don't try to jump from oh this is fake to, oh, it was real and she had feelings for him and she was totally devastated that he ghosted her. Because that just doesn't work. Um, And, you know, I think it's a little, just like with Wendy Williams and her husband, I think it's a little weird to work with someone you're dating or that you're involved with. Um, I've done it. And I'll do it again, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the, um, Gaga's agent or manager, whatever he was, boyfriend, um, is still her agent or her manager, whatever he, he does. That hasn't changed. So they're still interacting with one another. So he couldn't have ghosted her too badly. So this just seems like... um, And I will said this, and I think it was brilliant. Um, When we were... When we filmed our test for our... uh, His and I... um, News Year show... When will people finally start to recognize that Gaga is talented? You know, and my my answer to him was and continues to be, they know she's talented. But she came out of the gate and had like five or six number one hits back to back to back to back. And she was... She was at the peak, peak, peak of her career when people started tearing her down. Um, You know, she did the fame, then released the fame monster. Um, And then Born This Way. And I mean, these were all hugely successful. And the fame monster was literally only eight songs. It was only eight songs. <laughs> what? Um, and then Art Pop came. And here's the thing about Art Pop. It's actually a decent CD. But she was going avant-garde. And by that point, people had decided that the backlash against Gaga needed to happen. Um... So it happened, and then Joanne came out, or she did um, Cheek to Cheek with Tony Bennett, which kind of earned her, went back to, like, the commercial, uh, not the commercial, the critical praise and whatnot, Um, and the album did fairly well, and then she did Joanne, and again, the album did fairly well, Um, it wasn't as critically acclaimed, but that's because... It wasn't the big poppy stuff that we're used to from her. 
Um, and then as Star is born hit, Shallow went straight to number one. She won the Oscar, and people are pissed again. They want to bring her down. And that's going to be the cycle, just like with Madonna before her. Um, people are always going to want to bring her down. And it sucks. And I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So I'm going to talk about money. We all need it. To buy food, to pay rent, um, and all that kind of good stuff. So let's, I mean, let's just all own that part for a second here. You can be anti-capitalist and still recognize that in the system that we live in, we need money. My belief has always been, I, I just want to make enough to survive. I don't need a ton in my bank account. It would be nice, for sure. But that's not what I um, aspire for. Um, my definition of happiness is... Being able to go out and buy a book without worrying if my lights are going to be turned off because I bought that book. And, and I'm at that point in my life where I can do that. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I just paid off my rent for the year. So, um, and my roommates are going to be paying me rent. Which is a nice change of pace, um, not gonna lie. And it allows me to, um, not stress myself out so much when it comes to, um, when it comes to, um, work and whatnot. You know, if, if I don't feel like working a week, I don't have to worry about how am I going to eat. Or am I going to have to borrow money to buy food? Because that's not a concern of mine. Um, but one of the things I love about being a writer and podcaster is something called passive income. And that means you do you work one time and... Essentially, the money keeps coming to you. So, for example, my book, um, The Kelly Collapse, um, and this is a really bad example, by the way, but every month, uh, I'll, I still get royalties off of it. Um, sometimes it's $10, sometimes it's $100, but I still get money from it. Um, and it took me... 14, 15 hours to write. Um, Shape of Love, same thing. I still get... Excuse me. I still get a ton of money off of um, Shape of Love. So, I was... I was starting to think, you know, retirement and whatnot. Obviously, I have no plans on retiring at this point, but I want to be prepared. Um... You know, I see my dad working until he's 65. Um, and I was just like, I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to be able to stop when I'm ready to stop. Whether that's um, in 10 years from now or if I do want to work until I'm 65. And chances are, um, 
the chances are I'm gonna want to work till I'm sixty five. To be honest, um, but and the reason why I'm gonna want to work till I'm sixty five is because I love writing, and I'll probably continue to write. I will probably continue to write articles and write books and whatnot until I'm well into my hundreds, if I'm lucky enough to live that long. Because I just, I enjoy it. Um, You know, I always find something fascinating to talk about. Um, But so, so as I was thinking about retirement, I looked up Susie Orman, who, y'all, I love Susie Orman. (laughs) Uh, Kathy Griffin used to joke about her um, and whatnot. Uh, She used to joke that Susie Orman should be president. And she should. (laughs) But... Seriously, like, I was looking at some advice she she did, she gave, and she said you should have at least $5 million in a retirement account. And I was like, okay, okay, like, that's, that's good advice. Um, and she also suggests having passive income. And I was like, dude, like, you know, what are the... One of the reasons why I really want to get into the Writers Skills of America is <clears throat> they make sure you're taken care of. Um, you get a pension, you get health insurance, um, you get a fair wage for your scripts, and, and these things are honestly very important to me. Um, and yes, I do want to be working on. I will be working on scripts. I'm supposed to. I was supposed to work one, work on one for Camp Nanorimo, but I, I'm not confident enough in my ability yet. So I'm gonna take some classes and I'll sharpen my my tools, just to make sure I'm I'm there. Um, but one of the things that you get with the WGA is royalties. So if I write an episode of The Simpsons, I'll get paid every time that episode is aired here in this country and all around the world. You know, people are like, Macaulay Culkin stopped working when he was 15, 16 years old. How does he still have enough money? And You know, and allegedly his parents stole it all, whatever. And it's because of royalties. You know, during Christmas, Home Alone is shown so much. Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Um, both are shown so much. And that's not including, um, like, Richie Rich and and all of that. So, you know, he's... Macaulay Culkin. And my girl. Um, can't not forget my girl. Um... He made a lot of good movies that keep earning him money. And, you know, so when I sit down and, you know, I have a horror script that I have in mind, I have um, a really broad comedy that I'm trying to um, hone in on. And there's a couple of TV scripts. Um, there's one that's ripped right from the headlines that I want to write for SVU. I'm sure it's not going to get picked up or sold. Um, at least not to not to the actual SVU. But if it did, 
um, I would be set for life. Like, I would never have to worry about about rent money again because SVU is always on somewhere. Um, and, and that's what I said about The Simpsons, too, is, like, if, if I could just write one script for each of those two shows, that's my retirement plan. Um, it sounds crazy, but it's true. Uh, but so, yeah, so make sure you have some sort of passive income coming in. Um, I met one guy who owned um, rental properties. He, and this was in Michigan. He owned like three houses. Um, he had, I forgot how it happened. But he had gotten a nice chunk of change somehow. And basically, um, he went through some auctions and got foreclosed houses for dirt, dirt cheap. Went in, fixed them up, hired a management property, or a management company rather, to run, um, you know, to collect rent and make any repairs and whatever else needed to be done. And... He said that he drove for Uber just to get out of the house. Um, and, it, it, I, you know, obviously I didn't ask to see his financials or anything. But he was wearing um, a really expensive looking shirt and driving a Mercedes Benz. So pretty sure he was doing fairly well for himself. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So. For the last few weeks we've been talking about The View. And some of the backstage stories that um, have come out. um, Thanks to the new book, Ladies You Punch. Well. This last story might just be the best. Um. First and foremost, um, I actually looked at the book today, and there's a really great um, Rosie quote, I'm going to see um, um, Yeah, I I can't find the exact quote. I should have written it down. Anyways, so, um, there's a quote from Rosie on the on the um cover, on the back cover, and it said something along the lines of, um, they were all fired except for me. Uh, and then talked about how, um, they would they would lie and cover it up. But the truth was that they were all they were all fired. And honestly, shook. Um, shook because you don't normally get that kind of candor from from celebrities. So they normally will cover for their their fellow um, stars, even if they don't like them. 
you know, they'll they'll try to spin it somehow. But Rosie just put it all out there. Um, so that means the likes of um, Elizabeth Hasbeck, Meredith Vieira, Star Jones, um, and I've, there's so many I can't even think of all their names. Um, but they were all fired, and wow. I just don't even know what to say to that. Except for Rosie. And Rosie quit twice. So, um... As Rosie was leaving the first time in 2007, they were looking for her replacement. And... Barbara Walters wanted someone who wasn't going to cause... Such a ruckus. That's my word, not hers. (laughs) But, you know, who wouldn't try to overtake the show? Um, And who would be, for lack of a better word, docile? And so it came down to Gail King and Whoopi Goldberg. And everyone really liked Gail King. Barbara... Except for Barbara Walters. Um, They felt that Gail would be more... um, In line with Meredith Vieira. Which is what they wanted. And she'd go from silly to serious. And vice versa. But Barbara was worried. Um... This was true. I'm still trying to figure this out. Barbara was worried that Gail's bestie, Oprah, would try to usurp the view. I don't really know what was going on, what was going through her mind. Um... I mean, she. I know she was battle-weary after dealing with Rosie. Um, but... Um, you know, it, it, to me, it seems silly to be concerned about... Um... Oprah trying to steal your show. Like, I'm still stunned at this. Like, and I've read the story like five times to make sure I was understanding it correctly. Um, because I I don't know if it was paranoia, if it was, you know, again, I, um, you know, I don't know if it was. Um, what it was. I really don't know what it was, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Barbara Walters was really, really concerned about Oprah coming in and taking over the show if they hired Gail King, so she went with Whoopi Goldberg, who, as we learned, um, 
when we talked about Jenny McCarthy, apparently uh, Whoopi took over the show, would not let Barbara moderate or anything like that. Um, and that I don't know that things would have been any better had they gone any other way, to be honest. Um, there, there just seemed to be, um, no matter which way they went, it almost seemed like the powers that be wanted Barbara out and they wanted fresh blood in. Um, and, and they certainly got what they wanted. Um, Barbara obviously retired. Um, but I'm not sure that this was completely the way they saw things happening. So, um, but <laughs> there was another little side story that just cracked me up. And again, this is on the cover of the book. Um, and I, I haven't seen anyone talking about it. So, um, the, the quote is from the author of the book, um, Rami, however you say his last name, Stu something or another. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, apparently Whoopi threw a huge, huge, huge fit about the book. But not for the reason you think. I mean, yeah, she is painted in a really bad light. And you would think that that would be her number one concern. But no. Her big concern was she hates Rosie O'Donnell so much. And she's in cartoon form. She shares the cover and the view table with Rosie and Barbara. And I wish I was making that up. Uh, that's going to do it for me for tonight. Thank you all so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers.